0: Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, this afternoon, we are going to continue what I started, uh, what we started on Thursday in dealing with growing in Christ, or what that means is maturing in the faith, growing in Christ, maturing in the faith. And as a child of God, that is really ought to be uh, one of the most, uh, one of the most, important things in our life is that we grow in the Lord. And I mentioned it on Thursday, I'll mention it again, but too often believers have it in their mind that as long as I just get to heaven, then I'll be all right. That's fine with me. I'm comfortable where I am. I'm comfortable, uh, just, I'm comfortable just being comfortable. Uh I don't, want to, I don't want to be too spiritual because that would mean I have to grow in the Lord, and they know if you, if you grow in the Lord, there's going to be some growing pains. Hello? There's going to be some growing pains, and, and, and sometimes believers don't like those growing pains, and because of that, they, they don't want to grow. And any child of there, are, there are, well, there are children of God, people who are in churches all over the world. And in the U.S. who have that mindset, and it doesn't matter what label you put upon them, Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, whatever the case, that have the mindset, as long as I just get to heaven, then I'll be all right. But as I said on Thursday, that is not God's will for you and I as a child of God god's will for you and i as a child of god is that we grow up in the faith hallelujah that we grow that we mature in the lord that we as peter said in second peter 3 and verse 18 that we grow in grace and the knowledge of our lord jesus christ that if you're not moving forward in reality you're going backward there is no middle line with the lord jesus said it actually He said it in Revelation chapter 3, if you are lukewarm, you're trying to ride the fence. He said, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to ride the fence. I don't want to be just average. I want to go all the way. I want to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. I want Jesus. In every church service, I want Jesus. In every day of my life, I want Jesus. Hallelujah. In my family, I want Jesus. Amen. In my relationships, I want Jesus to be glorified. In every aspect of our life, the believer, we our desire ought to be Jesus, be glorified. I want, you, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to see you glorified. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm getting happy already, praise the Lord. Well, let's pray as we begin today and uh, as we begin this part two of growing in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this afternoon in the wonderful name of Jesus. And Father, we're just so thankful that you're such a good, good Father. And Lord, everything, everything good comes from you. God, we thank you for what you've done this camp meeting. We ask you, Lord, for your anointing right now. To minister for clarity of thought and speech that you would give to the people, Lord, what you want. May these words that I say, may they be your words today. To minister to your people. We're the sheep of your pasture, Jesus. You are the shepherd. And Lord, I pray that you would feed your sheep today. Feed us, Lord. And Lord, give us an anointing to understand your word, to make it real to us, not just head knowledge, but Lord, let us sink deep into our spirit. And I pray that, Lord, by your spirit, the revelation knowledge would take place this afternoon. In the name of Jesus, we all say amen Amen. and amen. You know, as we begin today, I'd like you to turn your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the book of Ephesians chapter 4, and we read it on Thursday, but I want to open up with this, uh, ver- these, verse, uh, these verses today, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, and we read them on Thursday, but I want to read it again just as a way of introduction, and Paul writing in Ephesians 4, 14 and 15, and if you're there, say Amen. And Paul writing, he said, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by slight of men and by cunning and craftedness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Well, I love that, verse 15. But speak in the truth in love that we may grow up. That means to mature in the faith. And what are, we, what are we growing up as children of God? What are we growing up? What are we growing up into? Jesus, as Paul said, that we might grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So what spiritual maturity looks like, what growing in Christ looks like, is that you and I as a child of God, that we are living, that Christ is living in us, and that we are, that we bear the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Jesus. That when the world sees us individually and corporately, they see not a religion, hello, Not a man, not even a ministry so much, but Jesus. Come on, somebody, help me preach. That when the world sees us, they see Jesus. That's what we are growing up into. That is the epitome of Christian growth, of growing up. That we're not growing up to look like a man, somebody else. There is no standard here, there is no gold standard here on earth. God gives us examples in our life, godly men and women, and that's true. Praise God for godly men and women. God has used godly men and women in all of our lives as examples, and thank God for them. But he's not calling us to be like anybody else. He's calling us to be like Jesus. And I tell you, I want Jesus. I know you want him. I want him. I want him in every area. I just want Jesus. Mm. Because he saved us. He redeemed us. And John said it. He said, "One, we don't know what we shall be like, but we, we, we do know this, that when we see him, we shall be like him. That's, right. that's, right. that's what it's all about. I said, that's what it's all about. It's, it can be cliché sometimes, but it's, it's the truth. It really is all about Jesus. It really is all about Jesus. It's not about being the first or the greatest or number one. It's about Jesus. It's about people knowing Jesus. It's about people getting saved for them to know him the same way you and I know him. Hallelujah. That that is eternal life. Eternal life is to know Jesus. Amen. Mm. That's what it's all about. And Christian growth is, a, is all about being formed in the character of Jesus Christ and and I wanted to deal with this real quickly today, even though you could spend a whole series on what I'm about to deal with, but in our Christian life, our Christian life is made up of three main events. Our salvation in Christ, you could say, is made up of three main events. Many of you know this, some of you don't. But our, our salvation that we have in Jesus is made up of three main events. Number one is our, our, our justification. We got saved, we got justified, which means that whenever you and I said yes to Jesus and look back, remember for a moment, remember, look back in your own life and remember that moment you said yes to Jesus. Before you even said amen, if you said the sinner's prayer, you were justified by faith. And in that moment that you accepted Christ, that we accepted Christ by faith, in that moment, God in heaven declared you righteous in his sight. He declared you acceptable in his sight. The righteousness of Christ was imputed and placed onto your account. Mm, My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Placed on your account, Jesus took your sin, and he gave you his righteousness. There was a great exchange that took place at Calvary. I said, when you said yes to Jesus, he took your sin, and he gave you his righteousness, his right standing, and he declared you righteous in the eyes of God, just as if you never sinned just as if you always obeyed we were justified in the eyes of god and how long i ask you how long does it take to be justified wow Wow! <laughs> it takes place in a spiritual second boom just like that Amen. and at the end the very end of our life one day and right now you and i as a child of god we're waiting for we're waiting for the very end and that's glorification. That's when the rapture takes place. And the rapture could take place today. I hope he does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope he does. I'll tell you what I'm talking about is better than a football game. It's better than Donald Trump winning the presidency if you voted for him. It's better than all that. Okay, it's better than tax reductions. It's better than anything else. It's better than a pay raise. It's better than anything else in this world. Knowing Jesus. But one day, and it could be today, the rapture will happen, and you and I are going to be glorified. And how fast will that take place? Paul said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. The power of the Holy Ghost is going to take your physical frame and take you up and meet you with Jesus in the clouds. And this mortal will become immortal. This corruptible body and all the effects of the fall, all the effects of the sin nature, even your own stinking thinking is going to be gone in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I can't wait for that day. Hallelujah. Glorification, when we're raptured, we're resurrected physically. And we'd be like Christ. Ultimately, we'll be like Jesus. And we have those two bookends of our life, justification and glorification. But between those two bookends, it's that lifelong process of sanctification. Some of you have heard me so many times, some of you are just saying it with me. Sanctification. <laughs> that takes me. Okay. You got it. You can teach it yourself. I know you can. But it's that lifelong process of sanctification. Why do I say it that way? Because sanctification, yes, there is an instant part, it is an instant aspect of sanctification in our position with Christ in which he sets us apart because that's what sanctification literally means. It means to be set apart unto God, to be made pure, clean, ultimately set apart unto him, to be like Christ ultimately. And there is an instant aspect of that which takes place positionally. We are seated in Christ in heavenly places. And that takes place instantly, we are sanctified positionally, but conditionally on this earth, we're just beginning the process of growth as a child of God. We're just beginning the process of growing up in the faith, of growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, that process of growing in Christ, which is the same as the process of sanctification, that process in which the Holy Spirit in us, by our faith anchored in what Christ did at Calvary, the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. He he cleans us up. He purifies us. He sets us free from the power of the sin nature. He gives us victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. But it's not something that happens just boom, just like that. It, it's a process. And I, I just want to remind you today, refresh your pure your pure minds by remembrance that growing in Christ is not instant. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. Just boom, you're, you're oh, I'm not like a robot. Just I'm becoming like Jesus. The Holy Spirit's forcing me. I don't want to, but I have. I'm becoming like Christ. It's not a, ro- it's not a robotic thing that you're, the Holy Spirit's forcing you because you've always got a free will. But the Holy Spirit, little by little, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little, day by day, the Holy Spirit is working in us and we are growing in the Lord. We're being sanctified. It's not an easy process always. It's not a quick process. But it is the most wonderful process that there is. I said, it is the most wonderful process that there is. We'll experience growing pains, yes, which, is, which is the testing of our faith. Amen. Amen. That's right. But I tell you, the good times always outweigh the bad times with the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, the good times always outweigh the bad times with the Lord. Oh, my Lord, you may go through the valley, the shadow of death, and you will. But you got somebody with you. Hallelujah. I said, you got somebody with you. You're growing in the Lord in that trial. I said, you're growing in the Lord in that trial. He's trying to grow you up. And and the Bible, Jesus said, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And you and I in this life are going to have trials ordained by God. You and I will have temptations that are allowed by God, but spiritual warfare that comes against us trying to destroy or weaken our faith. But all of it is a part, all of it is a part of that process of growing up in the Lord. But get this, you and I as a child of God, or any child of God, can take to position of being stubborn and saying, I'm not going to grow. If, if it was automatic, if every child of God just automatically matured, then Paul would not have to say in verse 15 that we may grow up into him in all things. Peter would not have to say in 2 Peter 3 in verse 18, grow up, grow in grace and give it as a command. I command you, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If, if, If maturity was just automatic, he wouldn't have to tell us. Grow, mature. But the way that we ended on Thursday, I want to pick up, there for a moment because the way I ended on Thursday, I said, I told you that a believer can do all the Christian do's and don'ts and still be spiritually immature. A believer, and that's a revelation to some, 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 if you'd have told me that years ago, I would have thought, well, something's not right here. I would have thought that. But you can do all the Christian do's and don'ts. You can go to church. You can you don't you don't you, you smoke and drink or chew or run with those that do. You may have not. You may not have any tattoos on your body. You may not have ever drunk alcohol in your life. You may have go to church all the time, even tithe and pray and read the word. But if your faith is in your doing, if your faith is in, if what you're depending on to be right in the eyes of God and acceptable in the eyes of God is in your doing of those good and proper things, then you're really not growing in the Lord. But actually, you're immature in Christ. Why is that? It's because your faith is really in yourself. And I'm saying you, I'm preaching to myself as I preach this, We've all done this. We've all experienced this. This is, not, this is not something that just a few believers have done. We've all had our Romans 7 experience, or you will, trying to sanctify yourself by yourself. But if you can do all those things and still be spiritually immature, because Paul would say it, and I'd and, and I like you to turn there. Actually, go to Galatians chapter 2. And I, met, I mentioned last night that if there were two verses in the Bible that summarized Christian growth maybe more than any other in the Bible, it would be Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. And I want to say this as you're turning there, the reason why you can do all those things and still be spiritually immature is because the object of your faith is in your doing and really not in what Christ has already done for you and to you at the cross. And true Christian growth, okay, get this, True the way we truly grow in the Lord is through right believing. I'm going to say it again. The way we truly grow in the Lord, the very basis of it, the very foundation of it is right believing, the correct object of faith. That we are not trusting in ourselves, but we are trusting in him the one he, who died for us and what he supplied for us through the new covenant, which he is the new covenant. That's true growing in the Lord. It is through right believing, and right believing leads to right living. Right believing, which is having the correct object of faith in Christ and what he did for us at Calvary, really what it does is it lays the foundation for everything else To be right, or to be, I should say, to be made right. I didn't say that just because you have faith in what he did for you at the cross, that everything is right. (laughs) Hello. Sometimes believers can think that I have faith in the cross. Everything is completely right now. Yeah, in in, in regards to justification, yes, but you still got you got to go through the process, you gotta grow. But the difference now is now you are growing on the right foundation. You're growing on the foundation of faith in his work and not faith in your work. And there is a world of difference between the two. And if we went around here, we could all share testimonies about the difference between grace and law be trying to be sanctified by grace and being sanctified or being sanctified by grace and being sanctified by law or trying to, the reality is the same object of faith that it took for us to get saved is the same object of faith it takes for us to continue being saved. The same object of faith that justified us is the same object of faith by which we are sanctified. Every day, day after day, day after day, day after day, the same object of faith. I'm still trusting, not in my work, not in my prayer, not in my tithing, not in all the good things I can do, not in my family heritage, not in the label you put on me. My trust is in him. Our trust is in him and what he accomplished, what he provided for us in his through the shedding of his blood, the new covenant, which is basically everything. Amen. The same object of faith it took to be justified is the same object of faith it takes to be properly sanctified. It lays the foundation for the Holy Spirit to sanct- do a sanctifying work within our hearts. You know, Paul would say in in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, he would say, for in it, that is the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For as is written, the just shall live by faith. That's a good memory verse, by the way. A good verse to have it in your spirit. For, in, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. In what? In the gospel. In what Jesus did at Calvary. The fact that he died for us, the fact that he was the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Christ, the Messiah, the one and only begotten of the Father, and that he died for our sins, he said it is finished. It has been done. It's accomplished. The sin debt has been paid. And three days later, he rose from the dead. Get that. In that, Paul said the righteousness of God is revealed. Revealed means to be unveiled. It means the curtain is on, or the cover is lifted. The curtain is is taken away. Now you can see what is right in the eyes of God. In it. In the gospel. In Jesus. In what he accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. In him what's right. And he said it is revealed from faith to faith. And different preachers have different views on this, but when Paul said from faith to faith, I know uh, uh, Kenneth, I'm not sure if Kenneth Weest views it this way, but I know A.T. Robertson, who's a Greek scholar, views it this way, that from faith to faith, it speaks of from the beginning point of faith, which speaks of our justification to the ending point of faith, which is our glorification. From faith, that's where faith began. And when we're glorified, our faith will become sight. And Paul said, and now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, he said. One day our faith will become sight. That's the ending point of faith. Not meaning that we're not going to stop believing. Of course we will. But from faith to faith, Get this, the righteousness of God is continually being revealed. Get this, as a child of God, as we walk, as we live by faith, what is right in the eyes of God is continually being revealed to you and I as a child of God through the cross, through what Jesus did for us at Calvary. So if I live for God, my first day of being a child of God, what do I look at? What do I look to to reveal the righteousness, what is right in the eyes of God? I look to Jesus. I look to what he did for me at Calvary. If I'm saved now for 20 years, what do I look at that reveals what's right and how to be right and how to walk in victory, how to, how to experience the benefits of Calvary? How do, what do I look at to receive that? I look at the gospel. I look at Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary. If I live for God, if you, you're really old and you live for God for, for 90 years and you're 120 years old, whatever the case, you live for God a long, long time, what do you still look at? What are you still looking at that reveals the righteousness, how, how to be right with God and, and how, how, the, how God gives us? Everything he has for us, it's Jesus and what he did for us at Calvary. Yes, yes. See, as a child of God, you and I, we never outgrow the cross. Right. Why? It's because in it, the righteousness of God is continually being revealed. As it is written, the just, that's you and I, the justified, shall live you could you could substitute the word live with the word walk. We the justified shall walk. Shall live their Christian life. You can substitute the word live there with the word grow. Those that are justified shall grow by the same faith that got me justified. Yeah, Hallelujah. Come on somebody. I know you're tired. <laughs> we shall grow by the same faith that God us justified. That is true growth in the Lord. Right. It's about the proper object of faith. Now I know that some, I know that the immediate reaction by some to that statement, to those thoughts is this. And by the way, those thoughts are God's word. Amen. It's not what I read in a book somewhere, a bestseller. It's, it's the word, Romans 1:17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's not, that's, that's not thus saith Bob Cornell or anybody else. That's thus saith the Lord. And if he said it, that's how we live. That's how we experience true growth in the Lord. But some would counteract, some would react to that and saying, well, that means that you don't believe in prayer. Well, well what about prayer then? What about the Christian disciplines? I say that because that was my reaction for a while. Because for years, for years, the object of my faith. I I I, I believe Christ and what he did for me at salvation was my salvation, and I knew that, I believed that I was saved. I was I was here at this ministry. I was actually teaching at the Bible college. <laughs> Loved the Lord and had an, and, and experienced a certain level of growth there and, and, and uh, experienced growth in the Lord because the growth, you and I, as a child of God, uh, we're not either all faith or we're all flesh. We're, we're a work in progress. Our faith is maturing. And my first reaction to Hearing the swagger teach on the cross for sanctification. Will, was well. What about what about prayer then? What use is prayer if I grow by faith and if I'm right by faith and by victorious by faith? Then I guess I, I I guess I won't even pray then anymore. I guess I won't read His Word anymore. I guess what's the sense for the Christian disciplines? Why even come to church? <laughs> Hello right? If it's all by faith, some would argue, if it's all by faith, and some would say in a sarcastic way, then what about the Christian disciplines? You're saying we don't need to pray, we don't need to do these things. Get this, that is not what's being said at all. And I say that on the authority of God's Word because God's Word does not say that. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He said again in 2 Peter 3 3 and verse 18, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we didn't have his word, we wouldn't even know about his grace. We couldn't grow in the knowledge without his word. We could we didn't, we, if we didn't pray if we didn't have if we didn't talk with God how would we get to know Him in relationship? We are His children. When we get saved, we enter into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ—a living relationship, not with some some stone or or, or plastic or, or or metal object that doesn't talk back. No, but to a living God. Not through ritualism. Not through all those things. But a living relationship with a living God, a living Savior. And we talk with him. And through prayer we grow. Get this, all those things are a part of the process. But this is the difference. The just shall live by faith means that we are growing not on the foundation of my doing of those things. I'm doing those things, I'm praying, I'm reading the word, I'm worshiping, I'm tithing, I'm witnessing, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm doing all those things on the basis of faith in what he did at Calvary. I'm not doing those things to be righteous in the eyes of God or to get victory over sin. Because as Paul would say, and I'd like to turn there now, and and I told you to turn there earlier, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, I'll read verse 21, I'm going to read verse 20 in just a second. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. And you could say it this way, I do not frustrate the sanctifying grace. Grace, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. I do not set it aside as if I don't need it. Because if righteousness, and you could substitute the word righteousness there with victory over sin, for if victory over sin comes by prayer, Come on. Come on. then Christ died in vain. Now I know that's rubbing, that might, that might, that might, mmm. I know it did me. If righteousness, if victory over sin, if God's acceptance, if God lo- if God loves me <laughs> based on my doing, then Christ died in vain. But the reality is, is this: is that you and I, or righteousness and growth and victory over sin comes no other way other than by faith in what he did at Calvary. That is the foundation. That is, that is what opens the door for the Holy Spirit to work. It's on that foundation that I can truly grow in the Lord. And law, and get this, not with a, not with a mixture of, of grace and law, not my work and his work, but totally his work. And so when I open his word, I'm not praying, I'm not, I'm not reading to be right with God. When I pray, I'm not praying to be right with God. Oh, thank you, Lord. I just prayed for 30 minutes. I'm more right with God now. No. But now it's, Lord, I thank you i'm in christ and lord i thank you that you i believe and you've made me righteous you've given me everything that i need it's all in you hallelujah and i pray and lord i worship you i thank you for giving me everything that i need and lord i come before your throne not of law not of works but of grace that I may obtain grace and mercy in time of need. Lord, I need some sanctifying grace. Lord, I need your mercy right now. You, and I don't trust, I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in you, hallelujah. I tell you there is a world of difference between the two. but I want to deal with Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, before and we're growing. Boy, oh, forty minutes goes by quick. Paul said in verse Galatians two twenty. There, say amen? amen. He said, "I am crucified with Christ." You know, can we read this together? It's such a good verse. Let's read it together. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. 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 If you could put Christian growth, Christian maturity in one verse, it's that right there. Paul said, first of all, and I'm going to pick this apart quickly here. He said, first of all, I am crucified with Christ. When Paul wrote these words, he was not talking about uh, getting saved. He wasn't talking about accepting Christ. He was talking about how we live for Christ. Amen. He was talking about himself as a child of God. And when he wrote the book of Galatians, he had been saved now for at least 15 to 16, possibly 17 years when he wrote the book of Galatians. And, and here he is as a mature child of God, and he says, I have been, literally, it's, a, it's I have been crucified with Christ. Right now. Right now, I am crucified with Jesus. not." not not just i was and, and and that's it no 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 i still am crucified with christ and what paul was referring to is what paul taught in romans chapter 3 verses 3 through 6 and we just we just don't have the time to go through that whole passage but i'll give you the reference romans 6 verses 3 through 6 where paul said don't you realize that if you have if you all of us who have accepted Christ, we've been baptized into Christ. And if we've been baptized into Christ, we have been baptized into his death. And he wasn't talking about water baptism. He was talking about the moment that you and I got saved, the Holy Spirit immersed us into Christ. We got justified and we got immersed all at the same time. It wasn't a feeling necessarily, even though you might have felt something. <laughs> but it was a spiritual reality. You and I, as a child of God, we were baptized into Christ. And that means the Holy Spirit placed us in Christ. That, that means that now the way God sees you is in his son, Jesus. And you are you no longer in sin. Now you are in Christ. Mm. With one step of faith, you stepped out of sin and you stepped into Christ. And the Holy Spirit immersed you in him, full immersion into Jesus. And, and, and Paul, that he used that term, in Christ Jesus, in his epistles about 170 times. It was one of his most favorite expressions, in Christ. In him, in the Lord Jesus Christ, or some variation of it. Meaning this, that spiritually now, you as a child of God, you're living in a whole new realm. Come on, somebody. You're living in a whole new world. You're in this world, but you're not, what? Of this world. You're living in a whole new world, a world in Christ Jesus. In him, that means that everything that is Christ becomes yours because you're immersed in him. The word picture is of a sunken ship. Not only are you in the water, but the water's in you not only are you in christ but christ is in you everything that is his is now yours everything he paid for righteousness victory hope love purpose in living happiness hallelujah every need being supplied miracles in your life the supernatural working of the holy ghost the anointing It's all in Christ Jesus, and get this: God gives it to us. Everything—it's a gift. You can't earn it. (laughs) Paul said, "If righteousness comes, if I got—let me say this way: If I got there by law, then Jesus died in vain." if i if i if i became if i was immersed into jesus by prayer or by fasting nothing wrong with those things those things are needed in our relationship if it was by if it was by bible reading or just by me doing whatever it was then christ died in vain he would have told us all read your bible He would say, if it was by prayer, he would have said, pray 30 minutes a day and you'll be saved. Hello? If it was by some other good work, he would have said, hand out 50 50 bottles of water a month and you'll be right with me. You'll be all right. (laughs) Hello? If it was by the clothes that you wore, he would say, make sure you men, make make sure you wear a a tie and suit to church every Sunday morning and you'll be right with me the rest of your life. You'll be all right. Or ladies, make sure you wear a white or a black dress. Long sleeves, long hair, no makeup, and you'll be right. No mascara, no ear bobs, none of that, and you'll be right. Yo, oh, it's hitting home now, yeah. Praise God for the new covenant, amen. <laughs> You were placed, if you were placed in Christ by the doing of any of those things, which those things, many of them are appropriate. Some of the things I just mentioned is foolishness, but many of those things I said are appropriate. Prayer, the reading of his word, fasting at times. Hallelujah. Fasting is like a 911 call to the Lord. Lord, we need help, and we need help now. But all those things are appropriate. But if we could do those things to be in Christ, then Jesus died in vain. But those things could not, we we were not placed in Christ by anything that we could do. Everything is a free gift from God. We got in by faith, and that's how we stay in, and that's how we receive all the goodness that God has for us. That's how we receive the grace that we need to keep on going on. He said, Paul said again, I have been crucified with Christ. And when he said those words, again, he was going back to what he taught in Romans 6, 3 through 6, that we've been baptized, immersed into his death, burial, and resurrection. We've become one with him. The old you was crucified. The old you is the one that's ruled by the sin nature. The old you is the you that's ruled by your own stinking flesh. Amen, amen. My stinking flesh. Amen. All right? But the old you is that that's ruled by the spirits that are in this world. The old you and I are the per- is, the, is the us that is just every fab that comes down the pike. Whoop, here we go. Every wind of doctrine. Whoop, here I go every fat in the world whoop there i go that's the old us he said that us that was ruled by the sin nature has been crucified with jesus and buried buried i said buried leave him buried ladies leave her buried You've received that in Christ Jesus by simple faith alone. You've been crucified, in his, and you, you've been placed into his resurrection. He did not die alone. You died with him. And he was buried, the old and you was buried, and you and I were raised in Christ a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now we're living in a whole new spiritual realm. I'm in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. When, I'm, when I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and the devil's chirping in my ear, oh, it's gonna be terrible. Oh, you, oh, you, you just give up and walk away. Remember. Yeah. I said remember. Yes. Remember. Yes. Bring it back to your mind. Oh my God, bring it back to your mind. I am in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. I'm safe and secure in Christ Jesus. It's gonna be all right because I'm in Christ Jesus. Devil, you lost because I'm in Christ, hallelujah. And I'm forgetting those things which are behind. And I'm pressing forward. Hallelujah. I'm moving forward in Christ. Devil, you're a liar. Hallelujah. Take that. Mm. And when he chirps in your ear, remember you're in Christ. You've been joined in him. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And everything that Christ, that is Christ, is now yours. Well, Brother Bob, and this is a part of Christian growth. Well, Brother Bob, I don't see it in my life. It's a part of Christian growth. It doesn't just boom, all of a sudden, you become Mr. Maturity. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're just like Sister Glory Cloud. Hello? Man, I got it. I got the message of the man. I I got an expositor Bible too, man. I woo! I am mature. I am so mature. And someone just brushes by you, They even look at they look at you the wrong way, walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden your Mr. Maturity is now Mr. Immaturity. Hello? What's that a sign? It's a sign you need to grow up. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> I need to grow up. And so Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. And he said this. He said, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So the old you and I, the old us, was put to death with Christ. I'm, I'm talking about this is Christian growth here, knowing this, believing this, and living, and taking this knowledge with us every day of our life. Taking the knowledge that I've been crucified, buried, and resurrected with Christ, I take that with me every day. The fact that I'm justified by faith, I take that with me every day of my life. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless. I live. I'm living in this world. Hello? Yet not, yet not I. I'm not my source of life. The big eye. Anybody have a big eye? All right? Everybody has an eye. And I'm not talking about these, I'm talking about self, flesh, pride self righteousness self dependence your own our own understanding based on what we see feel and hear he said it's not i i'm not my source of life i'm not my source of victory paul said get this paul was saying this as the apostle of grace And if the apostle of grace that wrote 14 books of the New Testament said, yet not I, then you and I cannot say, no, yet I. No, yet not I. I'm not my source of life. I'm not my source. I can't find. There's no victory in I. I can be saved for the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Yet not I. I can preach the cross. Yet not I. I can do all the right things. It's still yet not I. I'm not my source of life. Because again, if if I was if I could, then God would have told me. But God said, I can't. Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. And so He did it all for us and to us because we can't do anything. Yet not I. I tell you, that's a hard place. That's a humbling place to come to. Hallelujah. Yet not I. Well, I prayed. Don't you realize I've done this and I've i fasted and I and I do all this. And I, I tell you, I've gone to church all my life. Or I'm a Baptist, Pentecostal. I, as Brother Swaggart said last night, I'm a part of family worship center. Hello. I support SPN. It's still, yet not I. I said, yet not I. That's a humbling place to come to. Hello, that I am not my source of life, and I cannot do anything. He said, yet not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. Christ who lives in me. Christ is our source of life. Christ is our source of victory. Christ is our joy. Christ is our holiness. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our love. He's our happiness. He's our peace. He's our source of everything. Christ lives in me. I want you to know right now, Christ lives in you by his spirit, regardless of what you look like. Regardless of your failures, regardless of your inconsistencies, Christ lives in you. And he said, the life which I now live in this flesh, in the body of flesh, he said, I live by what? Faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Get this, the main characteristic Of true biblical Christianity is you and I as a child of God living by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me say it again. The main characteristic of you and I as a child of God of true biblical Christianity, true growth in Christ, is that I live I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. I live by faith in every, I can that's that's what will bring us out of every trial. I live by faith. You can substitute the word live there with the word grow. I grow by faith. I mature by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, man, I wish I had 20 more minutes. He said, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And notice he said, notice, Paul didn't have to say he loved me. He could have just said, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. But he said, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Why did he say who loved me? Because... Get this, the fact that he loves me, the fact that he loves you, and you have to take it personally today, he loves you. That is fuel to your faith in the Son of God who gave himself for you. I said it is fuel to your faith. I mean, something as simple as that, that's Sunday school theology. You need to come back to Sunday school theology who loved me and gave himself for me. He loves me, fuels my faith in what he did for me at Calvary. I just want to quote one last verse as we end today. In Matthew chapter 11, and this is a passage that you are familiar with. I'm sure you've read it. Maybe some of you have. it. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and his yoke speaks of his work. Take my work, my finished work upon you. We do that by faith. And learn, he said this, and learn of me. Or literally, it's learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Christian life, yes, there'll be some hard times, but it's not just it's not miserable. Oh, oh I'm living by oh, man, it's so hard. He said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Christian life is the greatest life there is. Yeah. Why would he say, My yoke is easy and my burden is light? It's because he already finished the yoke. He already finished the work. And he says, just take my work upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he said this in those verses as we close. He said in verse 29, he said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I just want to make sure you understand this as a child of God as it concerns Christian growth. The foundation of it all, the focus of it all, is Jesus Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. But as brother Dave mentioned, preached, taught yesterday, we need to pray. He said, learn of me. Where do we do that? In his word in that place of prayer. Yeah. But the doing of those things is not our foundation. Get that? Our foundation is we're doing it by faith. Amen. But I tell you, we learn, how do we learn of him? Through his word and by prayer. Hallelujah. And he said the just, Paul said, the just shall live by faith. Mm. Yeah. Do everything you do, he, do everything that you do, do it by faith. The, he- the, the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, They'd, all of them, Enoch, Abraham, Noah, all the patriarchs, what did they do? They did everything they did by faith. Let that be our testimony as well. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet if you would today as we close. Let everything we do be done by faith. Let our worship, let our, let our, let our living, let everything we do be done by faith in Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Father, we just thank you so much for what, you, for what Jesus did for us at Calvary. And I pray that today, Lord, revelation knowledge has gone forth and received today. Make your work at Calvary ever make it real to us. Lord, strengthen your people as we come before your throne of grace on a daily basis. Strengthen us. Strengthen your people in the faith, Lord. And we thank you that we're growing in you today. We thank you. We say it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.